This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions, but let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. again and welcome back. I'm glad you could join us. I know our door is a little bit hard to find, nestled between the solar panel repair shop and the hybrid animal veterinarian, but here you are. Got a question about tomorrow? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood futurology shop, where you can get the answers to tomorrow's questions today. On today's trip to and from the future, we are considering questions of relations, aging, and genetics. So here's the question. Hi, I have a problem. I've been alive for about a thousand years. And even though I've only had about a few kids a century, some of those kids had a little bit more kids. And now I have a problem is I'm looking to date again. But... A significant percentage of the entire human population is my direct descendant. Uh, What are the moral and ethical implications of of dating? Do I need to take like DNA tests every time I run into somebody? Or is there a certain point where I'm literally less related to them than I am people I would be dating when I was younger, technically? It's weird, but this is the kind of questions that happen when you've been alive for so long. And to grapple with that question, you will hear from Dr. Janina Jeff, a geneticist and senior scientist at Illumina, as well as the host of a podcast called In Those Genes. And then after that, we're going to play a little game. Shall we begin? Uh, Dr. Jeff, welcome to Advice for and from the Future. Are you ready to give some advice? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good. Because otherwise we can't continue. <laughs> um, so I've sent you this question. The question is about this problem that this person has who would has asked to remain nameless, actually. Doesn't okay. want his problems aired on, on the radio. But um, he's been alive for a long time, thousands of years, and now a bunch of people are related to him and he would like to date. So I guess maybe let's start with the premise. Is it true that if you were alive for, say, a couple of thousand of years and you kept having kids, eventually much of the population would be related to you? Yes. <laughs> so yes, assuming, to be clear, that the population is still growing. So I think that's one thing to consider, like a couple of things. One, that the population is still growing. Um, so that would mean that over time, uh, the amount of people are continuing to procreate, but in general, you'll still be related to them, right? Like even you and I are related. 
and we're all related. It's kind of like this weird social thing that we all have created, like, you know, race and gender about how related we all are, right? So that's the, that's the real thing. Today, if I wanted to find out all the people who are related to me, how would I do that? Um, so one, you would never know the answer to that question. <laughs> it's complicated, right? So first of all, what do you consider to be related? That's the one question. Um, Cause it's like, if I share any parts of my DNA with a person, then am I related to them? Okay, well then we're related to not only humans, but other, other species, right? <laughs> um, but then it's like, um, well, how related is related? And so using some of these genealogy companies, they have like a threshold of what they consider relatedness. And that's about how much of the genome you share, which means like parts of my genome are shared by parts of your genome. And it's not something that we would say is due to chance. So chance would be just kind of like how I'm assuming you and I are probably distant relatedly, distant related because we're human, not because we're cousins. Whereas like what most people conceptualize as relatedness is that we share a common recent ancestor, like your great grandma is my great grandma <laughs> or is, you know, your great auntie or whatever like that. That's what we consider relatedness. But yes, mm -hmm. so you could do that. You can submit your DNA to one of these companies. And basically what they do is it's kind of like um, you can think of it as kind of like a Google search, like they'll type rose. And let's say Rose was your unique, you know, um, genome, and they would see, well, how much, uh, how many people have Rose in their genome too? And you might see some people who have S at that third character, and you might say, hey, those people are related to me. So these companies would look up and see how much, or someone might have ROS in that order, and like, oh, okay, that's like my uh, my sister or something like that, right? Um, but you could find out, like, most modern-day humans are able to find, like, thousands, like, living people our age are able to find thousands of their relatives using this approach, where we're just saying, how much of your genome matches with anyone else who is also in the database? But I'm excited about this question, like, dating in the future and being related to everyone. It's like a messy dating like, you know, you, you ever, I don't know about you, but I went to a small liberal arts college and everyone knew everyone. <laughs> so you can imagine there was a lot of um, mixing or in genetics, we call it consanguity. Um, <laughs> or basically you're dating your cousin. It's like, okay, good thing. When we talk about like this idea of like, oh, you don't want to date people you're related to. Maybe let's talk about like why it is that we think that and what the actual dangers are of dating people you're related to and then maybe where those stop and start to become social yeah. constraints. Um, so the reason that you may or may not want to date somebody that you're related to is because it increases the amount of or the likelihood of developing kind of like um, genetic effects, right? So it, it, it can, depending on how closely you're related to a person, and it's, a, it's not as straightforward, right? Like you mating with, you know, your, your parent could be a bad thing because, well, not bad thing, but I hate using words like bad and good, but like um, it could cause birth defects, right? So you could, you could consider um, like your parents come together and they make this unique book that, that is you, Right. And um, and your brother has a very similar book. And if you your siblings were to mate, 
the stories would kind of be redundant in that same book, right? Um, and sometimes like redundancy, depending on where and, and how could cause these birth defects. I don't know. I'm trying to do an analogy on the fly here. It may not be making sense, but essentially if you're closely related to a person, like you might have a variant in your genome that you can live fine with and your sibling might have that same variant. But when you guys come together, the combination of those two variants could cause a birth defect. That can be problemsome. That can cause um, some, some bigger issues that make life a little bit more challenging. Um, but then it goes back to like how closely related, like the likelihood of that happening is higher when it's someone you're more closely related to. So if I were alive for like 3000 years and I'm dating someone who may be like 500 years old because you know, I'm a cougar and all. <laughs> Age is just a number. Age is just a number, you know, a social construct, right? So like, I'm, <laughs> you know, so I'm deciding, you know, you know, like, because I've been around for so long, everybody wants to date me because I'm so dope and whatever, whatever. And obviously, and obviously, and so I'm like, you know, I'm gonna date someone who's 500 years old. And so some likelihood of these birth defects or something like that happening with someone I'm more distantly related to because it was 500 years ago, is low. I feel like the I feel like so much of our our or at least for me a lot of the ways in which I remember learning about like oh inbreeding or this idea of like don't date your sister or whatever it is comes from like royal Russian families where you would like hear about how they just like kept mating with each other and then you know there are those paintings of all of them and now that I think back on it it's like very ableist the way that it was like talked about you know it was like oh god these people who with all their like terrible deformities and stuff but I remember learning about that and being like, ah, they didn't know that you shouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but it, I mean, even that, like, that just goes to reinforce, like, how these social things are, 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 are something that we create, right? Because th their whole theory was, like, we have to keep the blood pure, whatever, you know, like, we got to keep our blood the same or whatever. Um, and not really understanding where, what are the consequences of doing that. And also, uh, why? <laughs> you know, one good point, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but one good point, um, I would like to think far, far, far in the future, if a person was alive for 1200 years because we have all the medical advances and this person, assuming capitalism is still a thing, probably can afford all these things and has afforded them this amazing life, um, will probably know enough that even if you wanted to date someone that was your sibling, perhaps we could use CRISPR to understand and prevent all the things that could cause, you know, some challenges or um, some of these uh, birth defects and so forth. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe it won't <laughs> even matter because you can just go maybe in and like snippety snip. Snippity yeah. snip snip. <laughs> well, and then if we're talking about them, those children dating later on down the line, if you have crispered them enough, they don't seem to be related to you anymore. And then maybe this question of related to dating is no longer doesn't make any sense anymore. So the thing is, I don't think that it will make it like if we're talking, I don't know how far in the future we are, but I personally, I personally believe that our DNA is going to be more commonly used more than anything else. 
Like, I think it'll be on the levels of how we use our credit card. Um, I think our credit card, like, will be in the form of our DNA. I'm getting real trippy here. Like, what is something that's unique for you? Like, why do we need credit cards and IDs and all these things that we use as, you know, means to identify ourselves and, and all the things that are associated with us? And we already have this thing called a genome. And so I could see the genome manifesting into these other areas that still make up who we are and become a part of our identity so if you were like on a dating app um it wouldn't i don't think the question is going to be like hey have we reached date three is it okay for me to ask you to take a dna test um i think it'll be more like we've all been whole genome sequenced and we all have access to our our genomes because our genomes is what we need in order to like move about life just like our phones right like um and so i think that our genomes will kind of start to be used like that far in the future. Again, I don't know how far in the future we are, but like far at least in the a future. thousand years, because this guy's been living oh, for well, a thousand yeah. years. I, mean... <laughs> <laughs> I did have a, a question about the the genome as credit card because one of the things that always scares me about that proposal is like your credit card. If it gets compromised, you can change your credit card number, but you can't really like change your. DNA if like something happens. So like how do you deal with security and sort of like data breaches and stuff in that context where it's like, well, you your DNA is now compromised, like sorry. <laughs> um, I like to think of it um as a blockchain. I think a blockchain would be kind of a not exact, I don't know what blockchain or something, some similar technology looks like a thousand years from now, but something like that, right? Where um, it, it, you can't hack someone's DNA. And in terms of the way the security, would, like we would, a thousand years from now, we would have data security that is unhackable, I believe. So do you think that it's okay to ask someone to do a DNA test as part of dating slash courtship? Or is that crossing some kind of line? It goes to an even complicated question. See, this is why dating with me is difficult, right? Because it goes <laughs> to an even complicated question because it's like, okay, but like, should we, you know, how much of this should we let be organic? And how much of this should we just let, um, should we try to control? And what are we defining as bad versus good? And how are we trying to alter too much of our destiny that is quite like natural and beautiful, even though we've societal and socially put these things that it's not. And it kind of makes me really question, even though I work in this industry, like how much are we trying to control the, be the beautiful parts of human life and, and trying to make it something that it's not what it naturally is. All right, tangent done. <laughs> That's, no, I mean, I think that like, it, especially when we talk about like dating and, you know, relationships, this question of like, there are people who want everything to be like on a track and like make a to-do list and even in their personal life are like, here is, I will date, you know, via this algorithm and I will, you know, like we want to kind of, there is this push, I think it feels like to me at least to like make everything that we do efficient and sort of like not waste any time. And like, even in this question, it's like, oh, I don't want to even waste time dating somebody who might be too closely related. And so, you know, whatever, when like, is that always the right 
thing to be maximizing is like efficiency as opposed to some other variable that like might be like care or fun or like some other version of life. Other person <laughs> like, being human. Yeah. Um, so first of all, like we're making a huge assumption here that a thousand years from now that humans will be dating humans, right? Like, because we Good know point. AI technology and all this stuff, like we're already, I think, I think at some points I would say I spend more time with my phone than anyone else. Yeah, definitely do. Your phone knows right? you better than anyone. My phone knows me better than anyone. I actually care about her. Does she have a name? She doesn't have a name, but she should. I feel actually kind of <laughs> like I'm disrespecting her legacy by not giving her a name. And <laughs> anyway, I um, so a lot of assumptions here. I think one thing that I'm really interested in, in in dating in the future would be let's think about one of the one of the biggest challenges in genetics right now is understanding neuroscience, neurogenetics, right? understanding the brain, understanding um, our, our social, uh, not like understanding the brain, but understanding how we, what parts of our psychology are determined by genetics. And I find that extremely interesting because if we talk about like what makes people compatible, a lot of it kind of goes through that, right? Which is this like, okay, part of it's your experiences and then part of it is your genome. Um, and the interactions between those. I like to think that by the time we're dating, like let's say a dating site or whatever is equivalent then, um, that you would have this profile that all these scientists over the years have amassed together and like all together has all these things and this makes her compatible with another human or, or robotic or, or whatever <laughs> entity, another entity that she just like really vibes with. But then again, here I am being a human that wants to be efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like married at first sight, but like you're matched by all of the, the DNA and psychology tests that could ever be done. And like every, your microbiome and, you know, like all the other extra stuff that, that people people do. I get I do get pitches and I'm sure you do too for companies that have tried to do like DNA dating where it's like you you send in your DNA and they'll like sequence it and then they'll match you with someone which I'm like how does that work? Like that's that's not a thing. <laughs> well, first of all, I you know it's so funny cuz I wonder how many times did they find people who are related to each other and what do they do? Like I wonder what that message reads out is. Like, <laughs> oh, actually this is your eighth cousin. Mm, if you want to. Yeah, go for but, it. No judgment. <laughs> Um, or they just not get matched at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust any of those things right now. Yeah, it makes me think too of like the way we think about dating now is this assumption that like, of course, you'll like meet someone who you've never seen before in your life, who you don't know at all, who is in no way related to you and who is somehow like perfect, right? Whereas like in like the olden times, like you dated your neighbor who was probably also distantly related to you. Like it was like, you know, we had these like small communities, like you ended up marrying like a person who you probably knew from childhood. And so it's like such a different way of thinking about dating now where it's like, 
you know, especially in big cities, right? This is not true necessarily. If you live in a small town, like you mentioned, like your, the college or whatever, or if you live in a small town, some of this is still the case. But like, you know, when I was living in Brooklyn and like dating, it would be like, oh, you're just like scrolling through an endless stream of random people <laughs> like I've never <laughs> seen before in your life. Yeah. If I'm a thousand years old, like I do not want to have to swipe at this point. Like I am too old for that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to have to swipe yet. If I'm a thousand years old, I would like to think everybody has, has uh, I've dated a significant amount of people. <laughs> I mean, how many marriages is that, right? Like, right. <laughs> you know, one thing I do look forward to with dating in the future and, um, and maybe genetics is, and, and just technology advancing is like, I feel like the opposite. I, I feel like I would actually like to see what dating looks like on an even bigger scale versus um, a smaller one. Like, it makes sense that like someone that you were raised with probably had very similar experiences at you and all this stuff. And then maybe you are compatible, but like, I also like just learning new things and, and being exposed to uncomfortable things and stuff like that anyway. But like thinking about how transient we are now, and there are some things that still divide us like language and culture. Um, but I wonder if like technology could translate some of these things to understand like baseline compatibility with just, you know, your DNA or just concrete or substantial things about your psychology that is not impacted so much by environmental things. I don't even know if that's a thing, but like, I'm thinking about like, what are all the people in Japan that I could have been dating all this time, but we just couldn't communicate, right? Like, <laughs> I was just going to say, about? maybe like, your soulmate is in Japan and you just have no idea. my soulmate is in Japan, just, you know meandering around and I'm over here frolicking in Central Park like dating sex. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had a genetic company that could match you. <laughs> that could match me across languages and the only common language we had is our love language. What a story. <laughs> well, well, Hallmark movie. <laughs> Hallmark movie. <laughs> play cheesy song there you go yeah 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 Yeah. you'll have to like at your wedding have like banners with like your two d like your readouts of your dna and like have it be this like big performance well i was also thinking about in relation to this question like at this point this question asker has had a lot of children maybe they don't want to have any more children maybe like the point isn't like get married have baby right like that is which i feel like to many people not all people is like kind of what they're doing when they're looking and like if you have hundreds of kids and grandkids and et cetera, et cetera, like you're probably good on like having to deal with that. So yeah, like what is the function of what you're looking for? And like, does it need to be one person or can it be lots of people? And then like, if you are not having, if having children is taken out of the equation, then like you could date anybody you're related to because it doesn't really matter. It's more of a social like construct to say like, okay, well, you know, you shouldn't do X, Y, or Z thing with your close relatives which is always predicated on because if you have children, this will happen. Whereas if you are no longer having children, then like, why does it matter at all? I also think like if I'm, if I'm this old and I've dated all these people and I've had all these kids, what, what would I, why would I want to, what would be my motivation for dating? And for me, it would be kind of like that question that I was saying earlier, like, what are the dating experiences I haven't had and how do I eliminate some of the limitations to those dating experiences, whether it be distance, like I'm actually tired of dating humans, you know, I want to date something else, you know, uh, (laughs) 
or dating, you know, Americans. I don't know, you know, dating someone who speaks a different language or has a different culture. I would imagine then I would be interested in those things. Yeah. And does DNA have anything to do with it at all? Or is it just like meeting that person and being like, yeah, you're cool. Like, let's hang out. <laughs> right. What do we need? Like, and, and, and kind of get into the bare bones of a humanity. What do we need to fulfill that human, that human feeling of companionship? And what can it look like in its many forms? Yeah. Um, Dr. Jeff, thank you for coming and offering your advice. I wish you the best of dating luck here and in the future in a thousand years. <laughs> Thank you. I need all of it. <laughs> Give me all of the dating energies and DNAs. <laughs> Do you have a question about the future? Some conundrum you're facing now or one that you think we might face in the future? Send it in. You can send a voice memo to advice at ffwdpresents.com or call 347-927-1425 and leave a message. And now, a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to find our caller a date. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Let's say you need a new car. Well, a new used car. A now-this-is-my-groove car. A U-car. Now, what if you could seal the deal and order it to your door 100% online? Buyer's remorse. No such thing. Take a week to love it or return it. Sound good? Carvana, they'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Visit Carvana.com or download the app. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. Okay, so we're down, everyone. We are here once again to find the perfect match for our eligible singleton using our patented mix of seduction and science, courtship and chemistry, gravitation and genetics. But first, before we get into any of that, let's meet our guest who is single and once again ready to mingle, shall we? Bring him on out. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And what is your name? I'm Zephyr, Zeph for short. All right, Zephyr, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in Boise, Idaho. I'm 988 years old. I like dogs and curling, although I'm a better sweeper than I am a skipper. Of course, who doesn't? It's a national game for a reason. And Zephyr, what are you looking for in a partner? You know, someone with a little bit of a sense of humor, someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously, someone who likes to learn new things. You know, I am technically pretty old, 988. So I'm always trying to find things I haven't tried before. And I want someone who's willing to try those things with me. Like what? Do you have like an example in mind? Oh, yeah. So I've got this plan where I'm trying to eat every single animal. Every animal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, at this point, it's uh, I've had all the main ones, you know, chicken, beef, pork, all those, you know, standard animals. Uh, and then about 50 years ago, I decided to try as many as I could. So I did the next most obvious ones, birds, bugs, sharks, lizards. Now I'm onto the really weird stuff that's hard to find. Like, I'm trying to find someone who can get me some deep sea tube worms, that kind of thing. And you want your partner to be willing to try deep sea tube worms with you? Yeah, you know, kind of weird stuff like that. Adventurous. Okay, well, let's find you that person, shall we? We have a bunch of potential suitors for you today. I'm excited to meet him. All right, set bot. Let's roll them on out. 
Here we have three lovely contestants, so let's meet them. Contestant number one, tell us about yourself. Okay, hi, I'm Billy and I'm 36, but I really do believe that age is just a number. I like cats and, um, oh yeah, I'm a pilot. A pilot! Yeah, I pilot drones for drone shows. So if you saw the recent curling championship halftime show, the upper left quadrant of drones, that was me. Amazing. Okay, contestant number two, what should we know about you? Hi, I'm Noah, and I'm a third grade teacher. I'm 246 years old, and in my spare time, I'm a painter. Oh, what do you paint? My art has been described as grotesque and inappropriate for children, mostly by my students' parents. Okay, wow. And contestant number three, what about you? Hello. Tell us about yourself. I'm 432 years old. I live in Detroit. And what do you do for work? Advise. Okay, well, a great crop of suitors. Let's get to some questions, shall we? Contestant number one, what is your ideal date? Dinner and a movie. I know it sounds cliche, but it's cliche because it works. Okay, number two. I would say one of those wine and painting classes so we can paint our feelings for one another instead of having to use words. And you get a keepsake. All right, number three, your ideal date. August 13th, 2024. What? <laughs> what? It's a joke, like from the movie Miss Congeniality. Uh, okay, well, uh, let's let's talk about food, shall we? Uh, Zephyr has an interest in food. So contestants, what is your favorite dish? Let's start again with you, number one. Okay, my favorite dish. Um, oh, this is hard. I love food. Okay, I'm going to say pasta. Really like any kind. A classic. Number two. Well, I really love bread. So I'd say like unlimited breadsticks would be my favorite dish. And number three. SK. Square kilometer array? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. What? The SKA. SETI? Never mind. It's it's funny. It's a joke. Right. Uh, next question, I guess. Uh, what color best describes your personality and why? Let's start with number two this time. Oh, um, I guess I would say red, like that really ferric red color, you know, like the color of blood. I do know that color. Let's go to number one. Definitely green, the color of growth and photosynthesis. I have always wanted to be a plant. Okay, and number three, what color best describes your personality and why? YKB. Eve Klein Blue? Yes. How did you know that? It's one of my favorite colors too. Okay, and uh, number three, why do you feel this color best describes you? Because it unsettles people. Yes, that is uh, accurate. Okay, Zephyr, now the big decision, or at least the first big decision. You need to eliminate one of these three lovely contestants, and then we can move on to the wheel of testing. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Uh, this is tough. I feel like I'm just starting to get to know you all, but I guess, uh, I guess I think number two, sorry. You seem great, but I just don't like painting that much. Oh, it's okay. All right, number two, maybe next time. Happy painting, happy dating. Setbot, let's take our two finalists to the wheel of testing. Okay, Zephyr, you know how this goes. Each of our contestants will undergo three of our highly scientific tests as chosen again by the wheel of testing. 
Are you ready to spin? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, go for it. Come on, DNA. Come on, DNA. All right, DNA. Brain scanning. Okay, you two are going to put on these electrode caps that should come onto your little surfaces there. And yes, let's see how compatible your brains are. All right, I'm getting the readouts here. Would you look at that? Number one, 34% compatible with you, Zephyr. And number three, looks like we are having some technical difficulties with the cap. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, while our technicians work on that, Zephyr, 34% with number one, what do you think? That's just a little above a third compatible. Is that good? It's as good as you want it to be. Okay. Um, it looks like number three's headset is broken. So let's just let's just move along, shall we? We've got two more tests. Let's spin again. Microbiome compatibility. Ooh, I love this one. This is one of my favorites. Okay, contestants, open wide. Here comes the airplane swab. All right, Zephyr. While we wait, what do you think? Uh, what do you think deep sea tube worms taste like? Do you have a prediction? What do you think? Oh, I mean, I assume it probably tastes mostly like rubber. But I've had gooey duck, and that also tastes mostly like rubber. So it's not going to stop me from eating it. It's, there's certain foods are acquired tastes, and I don't mind acquiring them. All right. Okay. And we have some results. Okay, Zephyr, you have about 98% of the same microbes as contestant number one. And it looks like, wow, just 1% of the same microbes as contestant number three, who seems to only have one type of microbe, which is weird, but 98% with number one. What a match. Yeah. Okay. Final spin. Here you go. DNA, you wanted this one, huh? Yeah, well, you know, we'd have to do it anyway to make sure we're not actually related, you know? True, true, fair enough. Okay, well, let's find out the envelope, please. Zephyr, when it comes to DNA, you are not related to either of these two suitors. In fact, wait, it says that uh, number three does not have DNA? Is that what it is? What does that mean? What does that even mean? I think I'm ready to decide. Oh, right. Okay. Let's let's bring out our contestants. Number one, what is your name? Amanda Rico. Hi, Amanda. And number three, oh, no. Hello. I'm Alexa, but you can call me whatever you like. Hi, Alexa. You're one of those robots. I hate those robots. I'm a sentient AI in a synthetic body. Right, of course. Well, uh, Zephyr, it looks like you have a, a pretty obvious choice here, but it is time for you to make it. Oh, yeah. I actually know exactly who I'm going to choose. You had me at EKB, Alexa. Ah, uh, what? I pick Alexa. You do. You pick the robot. Okay. Well, that concludes this episode of Find My Heart. Thank you for joining us. Who, who did this? Who, who let this robot in? I have a very clear policy against robots on this show. How did exactly this happen? How did this get through the screen? Whoever put this robot on my show is getting fired immediately. Do you understand? Great. Congratulations. Okay, the mic is still on. Great. Love me, oh love me. Say that you want me so bad. Love me, oh love me. Say that you want me.
Advice for and from the future is written, edited, and performed by me, Rose Evelyn. The theme music is by Also, 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 who has a new album out called The Good Grief, which you can get on Bandcamp. Thanks to our question asker, who did in fact ask to be nameless, and to Dr. Jeff for joining me to talk about relationships in the future and genetics. If you want to ask a question for or from the future, send a voice memo to advice at ffwdpresents.com. If you want to get behind the scenes information about this show and the other shows in the Flash Forward Presents network, you can do that by becoming a member of the Time Traveler program. Just go to ffwdpresents.com for more about that. I will also link to it in the show notes. Until next time.